Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market each day. I'm your host, Emily Flippin. I'm Jason Moser. I'm Nick Seipel. I'm Dylan Lewis. And today we're talking financials. Today we're talking consumer goods. Wild card! Wednesday. And we're talking energy. And today we're talking tech. Let's dive in. It's Monday, July 20th. I'm your host, Jason Moser. On this week's financial show, certified financial planner Matt Frankel sits down with Harriet Talwar, Global Head of Consumer Banking at Goldman Sachs. The firm just announced in its most recent quarterly results that it continued to scale the digital consumer deposit platforms as consumer deposits increased by a record $20 billion in the second quarter of 2020 to $92 billion. Matt and Harriet talk about the company's progress with Marcus by Goldman Sachs, the state of banking during the global pandemic, why digital banking is here to stay, and much more. This interview is taped on July 9th, 2020. We hope you enjoy their conversation. All right. We are joined now by Harrit Talwar. He is the global head of Goldman Sachs Consumer Banking Operations in Marcus by Goldman Sachs. Um, Harrit, how are you doing today? Wonderful, Matt. Uh, great to be on your show. Thank you. It's It's been far too long. So t- tell me about how how is Marcus doing these days? I mean, it's been a while. Last time I talked to you, Marcus had just been getting started. Now you've kind of gone from being a small up and coming loan platform to a personal finance brand. So can you give us just a quick update on, on what's new? Sure. Um, yes, we started three, four years ago. And since then we've done a lot. And, you know, our vision is to build the modern digital consumer bank. And our mission is to serve millions of consumers and help them take control over their financial lives. And in the last few months, um, you know, a bus- the pandemic has strongly reaffirmed our business model. This unique combination of being digitally led and with a balance sheet and a strong brand has really helped us serve our customers very well in the last few months, whether it is in terms of uninterrupted customer service, being a digital platform, not having to staff physical branches, or whether it is giving them customer assistance plans with their loans and credit card products. Because, you know, uh, Matt, in the last few months, what we've heard and learned are a few things. One is that the consumers have spoken loud and clear. They want, and they expect banks to put them first. The other thing is, uh, of course I'm biased, but the consumers have spoken, digital banking is here to stay. This is modern banking. Physical branches are dinosaurs and a thing of the past. You know, for example, uh, more than 40% of US consumers have used uh, online grocery shopping services. This was less than 10% three months ago. Uh, Around 40% of consumers plan to use mobile banking who had not done it earlier. Uh, A third of the consumers say they don't want to go to branches any longer. So for a business like Marcus, which as I said is digital and with a balance sheet, tremendous tailwinds. And the important thing is we are using those tailwinds to help customers and keep our employees safe. So let's, let's stick with that for a second. Um, what steps has 
Marcus taken and and Apple Card for that matter taken to help consumers that are in need during COVID? And how how has the reception been to your 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 plans? So both in our uh, card business and in our loans business, we rolled out what we call CAP, customer assistance plans. And the essence of that is that customers can defer payments at no cost to them. Now, the real story here is not that we rolled out these plans, but the real story is how we went about it. So we were one of the first, if not the first in the industry to roll them out. Um, from the time we made that decision to the time we rolled it out, it was only 72 hours. And we made it digital enrollment so that it is easy and transparent for the customer. If they want to talk to us, they can, but they can also avail of these plans at the click of a button. Because what we have seen in the past and including now is that a lot of banks do this as a check the box exercise and they tell people call us and then there is a long wait time and then they have to produce lots of documents and consumers have to go through hoops. And we very strongly felt that that is not empathetic that is not right. Our brand stands for being on the side of the consumer. And therefore, it is the ease and transparency because of being a digital platform that has really made this uh, programs very successful. Um, around 5 to 10% of our customers have availed of these plans. That is in hundreds of thousands of people. And what is also very interesting is that a lot of people who have enrolled in these plans have still made the payment, which shows that they had concern about uncertainty, wanted a safety net. It's not that they necessarily wanted to defer the payment. It is, that sounds much easier to use than most of the other deferment plans I've been hearing about. So do you think this is an advantage when it comes to you know, helping people avoid things like, like a, a charge-off or falling delinquent on their loans. Do you think this is a, an advantage? Yes. Um, you know, um, because, as I said, we uh, this is our structural competitive advantage has always been that we have modern technology and a strong balance sheet. Therefore, we can do things for consumers, which large banks with sluggish technology and processes find it difficult to do. And fintechs, without a balance sheet, find it difficult to do. And as a result, we've been there when the customers have needed us. And we've got very, very strong customer feedback, positive customer feedback. And we do think that will help us in managing our credit risk. Um, and, you know, but we are not complacent by any means. Let's pivot away from the, the COVID response for a little bit. Um, since the last time I talked to you or anyone else from Marcus, for that matter, um, the Apple Card has launched. Um, how, how Has the Apple Card met your expectations? Has it exceeded your expectations? Give us a little idea of how the progress has been on that. Sure. Um, we have been very, very pleased with the launch of the Apple Card. Uh, our CEO said last year, and it still remains true, that we believe that it is perhaps the most successful uh, new credit card launch in the country. Um, 
And since then, we continue to be even more pleased. The customer engagement with the product is very high. Uh, the usage of the product is high. And we have received very strong customer feedback in terms of uh, how pleased they are with the customer experience and the product and how willing they are to refer other people to this product. And so um, we have been very, very pleased. And we have continued to expand on that. We started with the Apple Card. Then a few months after that, we um, introduced installment financing for the iPhone uh, on the card, which was a very unique feature in the marketplace. Since then, we have expanded further to provide financing uh, of not just for iPhones, but for all products. And so uh, we are very appreciative of the partnership and it is going very well. And, you know, if I could pivot, uh, overall in Marcus, our strategy is, our go-to-market strategy is twofold. One is where we go directly to the consumers with the Marcus brand. But a very important element of our strategy is what we call BAS, banking as a service, where we embed our product capabilities into some of the largest ecosystems and the strongest ecosystems in the world. So Apple Card is one example. Another is that just a few weeks ago, we have started doing seller refinancing on the Amazon platform. And we are very delighted with that partnership too. It's just a few weeks ago, given the environment, we are both uh, going very cautiously and slowly on it. But uh, uh, this is an example of, and that's the benefit we get by having Marcus being owned and inside Goldman Sachs, because we also have some of the best relationships because of being an investment bank for so many decades. So the Amazon platform is up and or the Amazon partnership is up and running now. It's not just kind of, you know, in, in pre-launch mode, it's, it's active at the moment, correct? Yes, uh, we've uh, launched it a few weeks ago. And, but we have said publicly, both of us, that we intend to go very slowly uh, to learn more and cautiously, and it will scale over time. Right, so it seems to be a very you know, high potential area of the business, especially leveraged through, through Amazon. Um, the, I, I, the small business lending space is getting more and more competitive over time, especially in terms of the digital models, like um, you know, Square Capital is an example of, something, of a digital uh, small business lending platform. Is, is the Amazon brand the big advantage? Is it Marcus's customer service, for example, that's a big advantage? How, how, does it, how are you differentiating that from the other um, business lending initiatives? So uh, I would not characterize ourselves as entering into small business lending because we are not doing direct small business lending and we don't have plans to do that at least for now. Okay. What I would characterize what we are doing is uh, seller financing on large e-commerce platform. And yes, Amazon is a great e-commerce platform and the, the opportunity and ability to work with them, uh, providing to their sellers a financing option is really what we are doing. And I think that is pretty unique and therefore very differentiated. 
Well, so, so speaking of unique, um, one thing I read that you did recently is the the path to the Apple card. Um, it's a program designed for people who get rejected for an Apple credit card to eventually get them unrejected, if you will, or to get them approved. So my my first thought is that I thankfully haven't been rejected from a credit card for a while. But when I the last time I was years ago, I, I remember getting a letter saying why I was rejected. So how does um, the path to the Apple card differ from, you know, the standard rejection letter that consumers get? Sure. And I think I, I like the, what, how you characterize the standard rejection letter consumers get because that is more a regulatory requirement. Mm-hmm. The path to Apple Card, in our mind, is another example of customer-centric innovation coming from Marcus, which is housed inside Goldman Sachs, which has deep credit risk management experience and a focus on being a responsible lender. So we worked with Apple as when, and you know, I should also preface uh, preface this by saying that we are initially starting small because we want to learn. Um, When consumers get uh, declined, we want to give them actionable, easy to understand steps and make it transparent that if they did these two or three things over the next couple of months or next few months, then they can improve their credit and get accepted for the card. So, you know, if you have been late on payments, if you can become punctual and make payments on time, or if your debt is too high, if you can manage your debt a little better, then it is good for the consumer and it is good for us. And so what we are really doing is we are using data and engineering and design to provide easy to understand actionable steps for customers. Okay, so instead of saying you were rejected because your debts are too high, you might say something like if you were to repay this amount of your debt over the next several months, then you'd have a better chance of being approved. Exactly. So that's definitely a, a differentiator. I know uh, Marcus has always been very consumer centric. The one thing that I still remember from our original conversation after you lost Mark or you, right after you launched Marcus is that you, I could call the Marcus phone number at any time and have somebody pick up the phone, which was a big differentiator at the time. Um, so is, is that true for, is that still true today? I know that was an originally true. Is that still true as you're scaling? So that is still true in our loans business where we launched that initially. But I think we have gone a step further as to, you know, why uh, continuously learning as to why people need to call and can we eliminate the reason to call by empowering them to use self-service tools on our digital platforms. And then with Apple Card, we've also introduced uh, chat facilities, uh, which we are now expanding into other products. We had it in our deposits product. So, yes, that particular feature is there. You remember well uh, in our loans product. But I think we've gone evolved further to seeing what are the various options customers would need. First, and the first option is. Can we provide them information in a manner that they don't need to call? 
and then can we give them multiple avenues on how they can interact with us because you're right that you know customer centricity is what is important because it is the lack of customer centricity and lack of transparency where you know surveys show that 60% of the consumers don't trust their bank or credit card company um, a majority of consumers don't know what is the interest rate that they are getting on their savings account um, or more than 70% of millennials and now beyond millennials would rather visit their dentist than visit their bank branch so um, embracing customer centricity and providing good value and you know that's one of the reasons why during this pandemic and even otherwise our deposits business our savings business has just done spectacularly there has been a flight to quality strong flight to quality um, we have um, you know we mentioned in our earnings release at the end of first quarter that our deposits grew by 12 billion dollars we will be announcing our second quarter earnings uh, release next week so i will not get into the exact numbers but i can sure. tell you that this momentum has continued to be very strong in the second quarter too and uh, therefore it has really grown well and you know we make the claim that our interest rates are at least four times the national average and so we are giving value and we can give value because we have a digital business model where our cost of running the business is lower than uh, these banks with thousands of branches and so that helps us to put money in the uh, consumer's pocket rather than in landlord's pockets because we do believe and you know as i said in the beginning that branches are a dinosaur and a thing of the past it's it's really interesting when I saw that I saw the American savings rate in general has really you know skyrocketed since the pandemic started, which makes sense. There have been the stimulus checks. If you don't need the stimulus check, you might stick it in the bank. You um, people have less to spend money on right now um, to to add to that. So um, my my question is how much of the increased savings that we're seeing right now is sustainable do you think in other words do you think people are scared into saving more on a more permanent basis or do you think this is kind of like a a temporary uptick so you know at the during every crisis there are some trends which accelerate and decelerate and then they sort of settle down um generally during a crisis savings rates go up people become cautious um, there are also as you said less spending opportunities but it's hard to predict but you know some part of the increase sort of remains as a longer term habit but you know it will probably come down from the very elevated levels because there will also be a surge of spending but you know similarly we saw during the 08 crisis consumers started focusing more on value so even some of the most prestigious brands like let's say a mercedes or an audi or a bmw they were no longer selling themselves on the basis of prestige they were selling themselves on the basis of strong engineering value similarly i think what we are seeing in the last few weeks is acceleration of certain trends one as i spoke earlier is the acceleration of digitization that has been a strong trend 
Um, you know, I thought I could say five years ago that everything is going digital and it would have been true, but it has been fascinating how um, uh, the acceleration has happened in the last few months, and I think that will stay. The other thing is what I would call the social ethos of a brand. I think increasingly customers will want to know the social personality of a brand when they make their purchase decisions. Of course, they will look at the product services, quality, value, price, etc. But they will want to know how brands and organizations treat their employees, how they treat, uh, participate in their communities, uh, what is their voice in, the, in these issues. And I think that's, again, a trend which is going to perhaps accelerate. And therefore, we have been very focused on not just serving our customers and clients, but keeping our employees safe and working in communities in cities around the world, whether it is on the racial injustice issues where we've uh, launched uh, a fund, whether it is on the healthcare, whether it is on financial literacy, whether it is with small businesses, our urban investment group is working. So that is becoming very important. I, I recently did an article actually about your um, your your uh, racial justice fund. Um, there, I, I know Marcus has really done a one thing. Marcus has done really well since since launch is really not only differentiating itself from Goldman Sachs as its own brand, but is really building up a great reputation, if you will, among Main Street savers, Main Street borrowers, and. Uh, do you plan on, or can you just uh, build on your on what you're doing for, um, you know, your social responsibility, like like the financial literacy efforts you were talking about? Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. Uh, so, you know, we are very fortunate and we are very proud with a brand which is Marcus by Goldman Sachs, because Marcus denotes the freshness, new energy, vigor, and by Goldman Sachs denotes the uh, trust and organization and social responsibility of a 150-year-old brand. So a lot of our efforts in the social arena are the same, uh, and it is by the mother brand. So uh, we have been doing at various things. So we have worked with frontline healthcare professionals in cities around the world in the last few months. Uh, providing financial assistance, physical assistance. We had inventories of masks and other equipment built as contingency plans, which we have made available to hospitals uh, around the world. We have provided, uh, we did not de deliberately participate in the PPP loans because we are not in the small business. We just, um, but we have worked through the CDFIs in um, providing assistance uh, to businesses which are really small and don't have access to the large banks. Um, we spent, um, um, I forget the exact number, over $500 million to help the CDFIs to get access to capital and to enhance the systems. We have been um, working in our urban investment group with 
some of the inner cities to help develop in a public-private partnership the uh, employment capabilities and rejuvenation of the inner cities. So uh, as a firm, we are doing a lot and we are making sure uh, that there is a, we can, uh, especially we produce a lot of content which is expert comment content and we have been translating it into small understandable pieces uh, of information which the main street can understand and not just the corporate treasurers of the world I've, we've pretty much covered all i wanted to talk about except one last thing um you mentioned that goldman or i'm sorry marcus's big differentiator on the deposit side one of the big differentiators is that you pay at least four times the industry's average interest rate Interest rates have gone down quite a bit this year and, and over the past you know, year and a half or so. Has that, has that affected um, people's appetite for high-yield savings platforms, if you will? Uh, our high-yield savings product continues to do very well. And yes, interest rates went up as the Fed rates went up. Sure. Interest rates went down as the Fed rates went down. We can't control the monetary policy and the Fed fund rate and that, and you know, that does have an impact on the interest rates we provide. Sure. But all through that period, what, what, whether the interest rates were going up or down, our promise was that we would pay four times, at least four times the national average. And we've done that. But I think the more equally important thing Matt is that we've made it very simple, easy, and transparent. So you can open an online savings account in a couple of minutes, in a few minutes, and more than 90% of our account opening is completely digitized and does not involve any human interaction. The consumer feels very empowered. You know, for some instances, they need to uh, they call up the call center to get some assistance, but well north of 90% of it happens just online in a simple and easy fashion. Because, you know, for getting the uh, extra interest rates, if you have to go through cumbersome hoops, then people will say, forget it. So interest rates is important, but not sufficient for this to be a successful customer-centric franchise. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out with me. I won't take up any more of your time. I, I, unless there's anything specific you would like our listeners to know about what's going on at Marcus and what you're, you're doing right now. No, I think uh, uh, we would just say that uh, it is our mission to help, uh, you know, millions of consumers. We want to put a, a phone on a bank, uh, sorry, bank on a phone. And we, think we all need to, as an industry, understand that consumers want and expect themselves to be put first. And physical branches are a dinosaur and digital banking is here to stay. And I, I know Marcus wants to get a, 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 had some pretty serious growth plans. Are you guys in wait and see mode right now with what's going on? Or are you um, planning on getting back to growth mode? We are very much, uh, you know, we are very prudent lenders. Uh, so we are watching from a credit perspective, the environment very cautiously and diligently. But our business vision is much broader. And we continue to have tailwinds. You know, as I said, we launched the Amazon partnership 
in the last couple of weeks. We expanded the product offerings with Apple in the last few weeks. We introduced the Marcus app in the first quarter of this year. We introduced the Android version of it in the end of first quarter during the pandemic. Our Marcus app is rated 4.9 on the App Store. I believe that is a higher rating than any other financial services app, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So no, we feel very confident about the long-term targets which the firm laid out during the investor day for our business. And we are tracking to those. Well, thank you so much for joining me once again. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Um, I, I, I'm always excited to see how Marcus and, and Goldman's consumer banking has changed because every time I talk to somebody from Goldman, it's, it's a lot of new things going on. Thank you so very much, Matt. All right. Take care. And please do keep safe. All right. You, you do the same. Thank you. And that's going to do it for us this week, folks. Remember, you can always reach out to us on Twitter at MF Industry Focus or drop us an email at industryfocus at fool.com. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about or the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. A big thanks to Tim Sparks for making us all sound so good each week. For Matt Frankel, I'm Jason Moser. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.